This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Bottom of the third, Astros and Phillies scoreless. Game four of the World Series. Josh Archibald, the former Oiler, has scored his third of the season. Penguins lead the Sabres 2-1 after two. Early in the third, Maple Leafs up 2-1 on Philadelphia. Basketball tonight. It is the Raptors 64, the Spurs 49. They're in the final minute of the first half. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oilers and Devils tomorrow, 5.30 for the face-off show here on 6.30. Ched, puck will drop at 7. The doors will open at 5 if you're going to the game. If you want to take in the entire ceremony for Lee Fogelin and Ryan Smith, then uh, be in your seat by 6. It's going to start at 6, and, of course, we will carry it for you right here live on 6.30 Chet. I am pleased to welcome back to the show a guy who grew up in Edmonton. I've talked to him several times over the year. Over the years, he is always welcome on this program. Former New Jersey Devils defenseman, now a broadcaster for the team. It is Ken Danico checking in. Ken, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you? And I go way, way back with Lee Foglin uh, during those Great Edmonton years and even the WHA years uh, watching the, the Oilers as well. And congratulations to him and, and Ryan Smith as well. I mean, I, everybody knows Mark Messier was my good buddy and mentor. I grew up watching those guys, and they taught me a whole lot when I was a teenager as far as what it was going to take to win, what it was going to take just to be a pro in the National Hockey League. Okay, well, let, let's start there. I was going to start with something else, but I'll get to that later since you're taking me to, to these guys. Uh, I mean, you were, uh, not, not to date you, but you were born in 64. So, I mean, you're right in yep. that wheelhouse of being a teen, early 20s when the Oilers were good. And I know you were starting your own career, but you obviously were watching the games and you were old enough really to understand what was uh, uh, what was happening. But, but tell me a little bit about Fogelin, because I was saying in the last segment of the show, you can call him a glue guy. You can call him a heart and soul guy. You can call him a mentor. Um, you know, not flashy. Obviously, didn't have the stats of a lot of other guys, but they all say we don't win without the Lee Foglins of the world. What do you remember <laughs> about watching him, you know, as, as a teen? Well, I'm a big believer in that, and I did play against Lee a little bit, I think, when he was a saber in my early years. But, um, you know, I, I know how much of a leader he was. I know how much guys like Messier and Lowe and Coffey and all of them, Gretzky, the whole crew respected him. He was strong as a bull, and you're absolutely right. You don't win with guys like that, and I'll humbly say I kind of likened myself to a Leaf Oglin in my career, and, and I was fortunate to win a few cups with some great, great teams along the way, but uh, you do the dirty work, you do whatever it takes to win, and that was what I remember a Leaf Oglin and the kind of player that he was, and that was kind of the mold uh, I kind of put myself into as well and find my role and my niche for the New Jersey Devils in the National Hockey League and, and what was going to make us successful and help the team win anyway. And a lot of times that's not 
That's not scoring goals. Yeah, we had fun every once in a while scoring our, us defensemen that don't score a whole lot. Certainly the bench would get as fired up as you would yourself because they love to see those those meat and potato guys score once in a while. And I scored in the Stanley Cup Finals in 2000 against Dallas, my only Stanley Cup final goal. And you brought the house down. You would have thought the bench was – uh, more excited than I certainly was because they just they loved it because they know how rewarding it is, especially for guys that don't do it. But we have a role and we understand. I believe Falgan was a, a special guy, special player, and and I certainly just uh, respected him just from afar, kind of in an awe how strong and big and and uh, physical he was. You could just tell he was he was one guy you didn't want to mess with too often just from his brute strength. <laughs> well, I, I, you're going to like this. I brought your stats and Lee Fogelin's stats up side by side. The eras were a bit different. Some overlap, I guess. Uh, Lee had, he was a little bit better than you in points per game, but you got him beat in penalty minutes per game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I played a long time with the Devils and, and uh, do have uh, plenty of penalty minutes. I understood that was part of my role, too. And in the early years, in particular, first five, six years, that's when I did most of my damage and physicality and make a name for yourself and protect teammates, do whatever, try to get uh, our team from being pushed around because we weren't very good in the early, in the early years and uh, did my best along the lines in, in that category. But you know what? I always tell young players or kids growing up playing minor hockey, I mean, not everybody can be a scorer. Not everybody can be a Connor McDavid, obviously, as we know. We know how the game's gone now and just so much skill and the speed is incredible at an all-time high. But you can find a role and be successful at any level. And if you want to make the National Hockey League a guy that you just – that was me. I came out of junior. I was an offensive guy. I was a little bit of everything. I had some toughness, uh, uh, played pretty good defense. But what you learn as a young kid, you can't translate that to, to the National Hockey League or you won't be around so long unless you're an elite offensive defenseman like a Paul Coffey or a guy I played with, Scott Niedemeyer. So Lou Amarillo made sure he let me know what my role was. And, and uh, you know, he says, you want to play a long time in this league? You better master that role. Don't be a jack-of-all-trades master of none because we all want to do more, you know, coming out of junior because we thought we had some offensive ability. But I learned along the way. I can find a little niche uh, on my team and and be part of something, and that's kind of uh, what transpired through my career. And I guess Lee Baldwin can say uh, the same thing along those lines for sure, but it was all about winning for me, all about winning for Lee and, and being part of Stanley Cup championship teams. All right. I, I want to uh, ask you about Ryan Smith as well. Now, I know um, when Ryan sort of would have been in his prime, um the Devils and the Oilers probably only played each other twice a year and maybe uh, like I what guess what was Ryan's or... first year I, I am getting old and the memory bank goes what was his first year uh Ryan Smith came in what was it 94 95 yeah so I played uh, yeah, so... and we didn't cross paths a ton only a few times when we played the Oilers obviously yeah. so I did play a handful of years against them but I mean, you know, another heart and soul guy with offensive ability and some grit and all those good things that teammates love, that fans love. Uh, I know he's beloved there in Edmonton as well, and, and, and uh, respectfully so, because those guys, again, they're glue guys as well, even though, yeah, he, he could put the puck in the net, but he was just hard to play against. And I think that's the best compliment you can give a player, that, especially for a defenseman like me who had to defend, 
just a guy that you knew was coming to play every night, was going to go hard to the net, and was going to do anything to put the puck in the back of the net, and that's tough to defend. Guys that are hard to play against, and he was certainly at the top of the list there. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Ken, I, like, speaking of being honored, I, I mean, I got to I know you don't like talking about yourself too much and stuff, but like, <laughs> you just had a really cool moment with the Devils. Yeah. Uh, I think it was back, what, day, what was it? You'll have to tell me. It was Sunday. Saturday. I can't Sunday. It was just Sunday. Sunday like, afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> so 40 years as a broadcaster and a player with the Devils, they, they had a ceremony for you. Uh, what, what was it like? Tell everybody about the, the moment and the scene. Well, you know, it was something I didn't expect. And when they told me right before the season that they're going to have a night for me, I mean, I, I was overwhelmed a little bit because, you know what, everybody uh, wants to be appreciated, I guess. But from the standpoint, to me, it was very humbling, honoring. I, I've i wanted nothing else but to be in the Jersey Devil. This is the team that gave me my opportunity to fulfill a dream. And, and fortunately enough, I spent a whole lot of time here and, uh, man, does it fly like everybody says. 40 years later here, I'm in Jersey uh, at 58 years old and, and still with the organization. And, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful to ownership. All three, John McMullen, our first owner, Dr. McMullen, was like a second father to me. I was drafted the original year in 82, and I just loved the man. And, he, you know, he, he loved what I stood for. And there was loyalty at both ends. And then Jeff Vanderbeek I became close with. And our new ownership has really embraced which means a whole lot to me and a lot of has really embraced the history of the team, the success. We know it hasn't been very successful the last handful of years, and they're hoping to change that narrative as they've come out of the gate pretty good here. But that's what it's meant to me. These guys uh, have been my world, my life. A lot of people say I have a New Jersey Devils logo tattooed to my heart, and I don't think they're all that far off. I just want to see these guys have some chests. I went through those bad years. I went through those winning 17 game a year teams and to be part of it still you usually get traded when you become successful but uh, I listened to Lou Lamorello who was instrumental in my career when he told me you know he said there's violinists there's pianists and they're drummers and what category do you think you fall in there Ken and that's kind of the story he gave me as a young player he says if you master that drum you're going to play a long time in this league and, and he, he kind of defined my role and I was able to stay here a long time but I was very grateful to the organization it was really nice. And my son, who's a singer, graduated Berkeley College of Music out of Boston. He took a totally different path than me. He's got some talent. They surprised me with him singing the national anthem that day, that afternoon. So, to me, that's what it meant to, what meant the world to me, family. And lastly, I just didn't want the team to lay a dud because the fans could turn on me quickly. <laughs> I'm going, don't lay a dud. My son's singing the anthem. Uh, they're... Uh, gratefully honoring me for, for service all these years of the New Jersey Devils. And I didn't even know where New Jersey was when I was drafted, but it didn't matter to me. I would have ran the 2,000 miles to get my opportunity, and I love it here and, and just love being part of the team. It is my family, and, and they have just treated me like gold, and, I, and I'm very grateful for that. I don't take that for granted. So through ownership changes, through different uh, uh, people in the in the front office and everything, and and they've really understood what it meant uh, in the early days as well to be part of it, part of the foundation. And, and I've just tried to be a mentor, part of the community. And uh, that's been that's kind of been what it's been like for me here in New Jersey. But hey, I, I didn't expect it. They said you're never at a loss for words, Ken, when they told me I was going to be honored. And I said, no, I'm not. I, I, I like to talk. And that's why I'm in the broadcasting industry. But I didn't say a word. And it actually brought a little tear to my eye. And I was very... Uh, 
like I said, I was, I was very humbled because it was a it was a big surprise to me. They presented me with a silver stick that I never got for my thousandth game, so they kind of combined it with 40 years with the Devils and and a stick uh, for a thousand games. They put all kinds of neat things on there to kind of commemorate your career. Uh, so it was a real special afternoon. But what was as important to me? The team came out and just uh, smashed Columbus, played one of their best games, 53 shots, 7-1 victory. And to me, that meant a lot. And Lindy Ruff, the head coach, who they wanted his head the first two games, you know, said after the game, that was for Dan. You know, that, that, that brought, gave me goosebumps. He said, you know, three defensemen scored. I was number three. So sometimes there are no coincidences, Reed. <laughs> three defensemen that don't score much scored goals in that game. Just a lot of things went right. Uh, and like I said, it wasn't about the accolades. We had enough of those winning Stanley Cup champions. It just was a lot, meant a lot to me about the organization, uh, you know, just, you know, respecting you enough, understanding how much you care. And that's what it was all about for me. And I'll tell you another thing, lastly, on that read was, which was really special to me. He probably don't want me to tell this, but Wayne Gretzky gave me a text. I mean, that's how great a guy is. I'm still like a little kid and a fan of the game. And when I got a text and on the bottom, it said, congratulations, Ken. It's a big honor. And he puts 99. And I went right to my wife and said, you're not going to believe who just texted me at midnight. Wayne Gretzky. So that was a real honor. I thought it was pretty cool. And, you know, because he respects the game and players. And, and you know, I know Wayne a little bit, obviously. And you know, I've hung out with him a whole lot. But just being in those Edmonton days, and I found it uh, real heartwarming. I, I was very appreciative. With the greatest player that's ever played this game gives you a text and just uh, appreciates uh your service as well. <laughs> that's that's awesome, Ken. Thanks for sharing that. Well, well-deserved for you. And you mentioned the current team, Ken Danico, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Uh, they started 0-2. They are now 7-3. and So are the Oilers. Uh, I... I know they got a couple guys who were, uh, well, not high draft picks, number one picks. Uh, but, I mean, yes, for Brat. I, I love watching this guy play. I don't see him a ton, but I always notice him, and he's flying 15 points in nine games. There's always players that fly under the radar, right? And if you don't see them on a nightly basis, you don't get to appreciate them as much. But he's finally he had 70-plus points last year in a year that we know that was a tough year for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, but he came in as a 19-year-old and surprised and shocked everybody as a sixth-round pick and made the hockey club. I don't remember what year that was, 2019 maybe. And he's just continued to progress and develop. He is lightning quick, great edge work, uh, great set of hands, sees the ice well. He's a special player. And uh, he's been, we've been lucky. You know, you got to find gems in those middle rounds once in a while to, to have a good organization. And this is what – and a good team. And this is what the Devils – had planned. Look, it's been a struggle, man. The last 10 years have been really tough. But uh, Fitzgerald's done a good job, and he felt, you know, as far as accumulating all these young guys, and, and now he said this summer, this option, you guys got to take that next step and take charge. I know it's early, but uh, they're certainly playing with a lot of confident hockey, and Jesper Brad is leading the way, along with uh, Jack Hughes, is just a dynamite, uh, highly skilled player who skates effortlessly. Nico Heischer, there's another guy that's underappreciated. You don't watch him every night. 
He's the Patrice Bergeron of the New Jersey Devils. He's that complete of a player. And now he's getting rewarded with, oh, just over a point a night as well. But he's never going to be that 100-point guy, but he's that 70, 75-point guy. I think his top year was 60 or something. But I see him getting there this year. That just is a defenseman's dream. He is always in the right position, and he's playing with a lot of confidence. So things going well, and they're finally getting a little goaltending in their wins. They don't give up a lot. I mean, they've had some mind-boggling metric numbers if, for the people that are into analytics, and I, I know it's a useful tool. I don't, you know, it's about wins and losses. I don't always take it, but even the first, um, take it uh, um, that it's the end-all, be-all. Their first two games, they were dominant, but they lost by three goals. And sometimes it's a timely save. It's one mistake. They couldn't finish early on. Well, now they're finishing in bunches. They've got a pretty balanced four-line attack. Even their fourth line of McLeod, uh, Ryan playing his brother tomorrow night, uh, Miles Wood and Nate Bastion have been that perfect kind of role fourth line and chipping in a little offensively, can skate, physical. So it's just been really nice to see the progression this year. This is kind of what they expected, but the first two games, and, and rightfully so, fans are passionate. They wanted Lindy's head on a platter. But uh, the guys were, they were angry about their first two games and they've kind of put it all together here the last uh, seven, six, seven, eight games here where they've won seven of eight, I believe, and, and kind of got things going. But the goaltending is everything. You know, it's 50% of the game, I always say, of when you can play great. Their, their metrics, they lead the league in shots for, they lead the league in giving up the few amounts of shots. But if it doesn't add up to wins, you'd think it would eventually, right? Well, now it's starting to pay dividends. But for me, the back end as well is just the best I've seen it in years. I mean, they just play the game right, get it up to, to the speedy forwards. It's a fast team. and But that means moving the puck quickly. That means take the tape passes. That means getting out of your zone. So they show a lot more composure. Even in Vancouver last night, they were sleepy the first period. Vancouver actually uh, had a lot better of the play five on five. Blackwood makes a couple of key saves, but in their own zone, it's not the Keystone Cops anymore. These guys block shots. They commit. And, and they're having fun, and that's how you a young group comes together and you get better. And that's exactly what they're trying to do, and it's been pretty good for the first ten games. Yeah, really an intriguing matchup. It'll be a fun one tomorrow night, the ceremony and then the game between the Oilers and the Devils. Ken, always love having you on the show. I'll probably run into you at the morning skate tomorrow. Uh, hope you find some pierogies while you're in your hometown here of Edmonton, man. <laughs> really appreciate it. Well, listen, I tell you, uh, a lot of teams do it. I happen to not be there. We're calling this one from home. We didn't make Oh, you question. stayed home for this one. I'm Can sorry. I, okay. We did. And that's all right. We're doing a little bit of a hybrid. We are still traveling, but just and I was disappointed, but this trip we were not, so we did uh, do it from studios in New York at the Madison Square Garden there, uh, the network. But uh, this is one of the only trips, and I was a little, little disappointed because obviously being an Edmonton boy, I would have loved to get back, but I'll have to wait for the summer for that. Yeah, first snowfall in the last 24 hours. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> fall until today. It's finally snowed. And, and we're having a. We're having a, a global warming. It's going to be 70 degrees for the next six days, so the weather here is crazy as well. It's cold, it's rainy, and now we're, we're having a hot spell here for the next five or six days. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, enjoy the game nonetheless. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll see you soon. I always appreciate you coming on, Ken. Thanks for the perspective. Thanks for the stories. And, again, congratulations on being honored for 40 years with the Devils. Well, I really appreciate it. Great being on with you, Reed. And uh, anytime, man, anytime. Thanks for having me.
That is Ken Danico checking in tonight, former Devils defenseman, now a broadcaster for uh, MSG Network for the team. And as he was telling you, yeah, 40 years total with the franchise. That is pretty amazing. And the Devils are looking pretty amazing. Yeah, all of a sudden, a uh, really strong team, 7-3. and three. That's a good matchup for the Oilers tomorrow night. We'll call a quick timeout. It's Inside Sports on 630, Chad. All right, Lee Fogland, Ryan Smith, they were uh, speaking today at a news conference held as they get ready to be uh, inducted. The ceremony tomorrow for the Oilers Hall of Fame. Lee Fogland was a captain of the Edmonton Oilers in their early days in the NHL. He eventually gave the C to Wayne Gretzky for 83-84. I mean, I was just kind of holding the C for when Wayne was didn't have all that pressure on him all the time. And he was such a great player. And I often tell people, what you saw on the ice was the best, right? But what you didn't see off the ice was incredible. That is Lee Fogland. As I said, cool to hear him speak today. He hasn't done a lot publicly over the years. Very, uh, very humble man. So the ceremony tomorrow at 6. If you're going to the game, the doors open at 5. The uh, the game is not going to be delayed. It's not going to start later. It's still a face-off just after 7 o'clock and get it all here on 6.30. Chat. A little more from uh, Ryan Smith. A, a look at some of the Oilers' stars and the stats they're putting up this season. And when we get back, an alum of the 6.30 Chet Sports Department will go to Regina and bring Jamie Nye onto the program. Coming up after the news and weather. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. 